0: all you festive pheasants for another week of A Little Greener, a podcast all about nature, conservation, and sustainability. And at least for this month, all about the holidays. That's what <laughs> we're talking about for our episodes. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Sarah. I am a, I guess, former conservation educator, still working somewhat in the animal field. And I am joined as always by a friend, former coworker, animal knowledge expert extraordinaire. Oh, no. (laughs) She's at the bar so high. Hi, guys.
1: I I think I was like about to say, oh, we're being very topical with the holidays, but I'm sure there's somebody listening to this in July of future years from now. So, hey, hey, future listener trying to to catch up. (laughs) should
0: have. I didn't think about that as we titled these. I should have put like a holiday episode. like in the title I mean some of them you can tell some of them are are obvious by the title but I next year next season we'll have it (laughs) we'll have (laughs) thematic titles
1: guys we're deep in the holidays you can see that we're a little like punch drunk on festivities (laughs) slash life changes as you guys know yeah we're just just in the middle yeah of everything Sarah (laughs) how are you
0: I'm okay. It's again, I just, I feel like I'm a broken record every week. I need to think of better things to say. It's been a long week, a lot of work, a lot of moving stuff that hopefully I'm in the end stages of, Um, but it's, I'm, you know, I'm okay. It is, as we're recording this, the, the week of Christmas has just started. So Christmas is at the end of the week and that is wonderful. And I'm trying to just remember that and, and focus on that and the, the good news and all of that. So yeah, I'm doing
1: okay. I know it's been
0: a long week for you too.
1: Yeah. Lots of, lots of Christmas. It's been many, like, you know, those like 25 days of Christmas on ABC when mm-hmm. we were growing up. Yeah. That's sort of what it feels like, but like a thousand days of Christmas. <laughs> 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 it's always Christmas. Always. <laughs> So, um, we did switch our store radio over to traditional Christmas music, which I will tell you is way better than the pop station of Christmas music that you can be on. I highly recommend switching it over to listen to some, like your mean one, Mr. Grinch and, uh, mm-hmm. and Rudolph the red Nose reindeer, um, versus, uh, I don't know, whatever Sia or Kobe Calais has to say about <laughs> Santa. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, but we're in the holidays here. We're going to, um you know, both Sarah and I celebrate Christmas and we know lots of other people do too, but also the holidays are full of lots of different celebrations, Mm -hmm. lots of different religious celebrations and secular celebrations. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to be talking all about holiday traditions. And so I was wondering, Sarah, what some of your holiday traditions are?
0: Well, right now I have basically nothing. Just me. Uh, and I don't get to be home for the holidays super often. A lot of times I'll be working the holidays. For most of my adult years, I have been living not close to home for the holidays. So I don't have a lot. Right now, my only thing that I do regularly, and again, I do celebrate Christmas. So my thing is on Christmas Eve, I watch It's Wonderful Life, which I know we mentioned last week. I watch It's Wonderful Life and have a glass of eggnog. And cry a lot uh, in a very positive way. <laughs> um, so, as a I mentioned, tur- yes, it's yearly a Christmas cry, release. Happy <laughs> cry at the end of It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, but I do that every year on Christmas Eve. And so that's my own personal holiday tradition. Growing up, I mean, I, I feel like we had a lot of just little family traditions that probably a good number of families have. We, would either like either my dad's side of the family, they would have a big extended family gathering. Sometimes that was on Christmas. Sometimes it was just in the vicinity of Christmas Uh, and that we still do that. I don't get to go this year, but that's still a a thing that that side of the family does. But if that wasn't happening on Christmas, just my uh, immediate family, we would have our own you know, Christmas dinner that we would sit down to, we would do the, we would open one present on Christmas Eve, um, and then have the rest of our presents Christmas morning. We had several years where we would do like a candlelight Christmas service on Christmas Eve, which I really like, just little things like that. As I got older and, you know, was out of the house, my mom and I kind of had a tradition where we would go see a movie, I think we did that maybe both for Thanksgiving and Christmas that we would go just the two of us and go see something in theaters. Um, Yeah, lots of just, you know, holiday baking, decorating. We would usually decorate on Thanksgiving or the day after Thanksgiving and then just kind of bake cookies regularly up until Christmas that my mom and I in particular. So lots of little things like that.
1: Yeah. It sounds like you're hitting a lot of bases there. Yeah. Uh, I have a yearly tradition of ruining the holiday cookies. So mm. my mom and my sister,
0: like there were two <laughs> years in a
1: row, I read the gingerbread recipe incorrectly and just like straight up ruined them. It was really embarrassing. So I tend to avoid the actual ingredient portion part and just stick to the decorating. Uh, also my- important. Oh yeah. And of course the taste testing, you need to yeah. make sure that these are edible cookies. So don't want Santa to be poisoned. So yes, definitely have a lot of that. Um, my parents, uh, are divorced. So when I was a kid, we kind of split like celebrations sort of between the two families. Um, so always in the vicinity, we would see my mom's family, not necessarily on a set date, but we always see my dad's side of the family on Christmas Eve. And I feel like that's like our most tradition oriented, Mm -hmm. like holiday, everything else kind of floats around a little bit more. And then my sister's birthday is on Christmas. So we would always wake up. My sister and I had bunk beds <laughs> and um always like whisper, Are you awake? Are you awake? <laughs> Is it, do you think we can wake up, mom, now? And uh we would go sneak downstairs. My mom would have set up all the presents and then we would also see a movie on Christmas, um, about halfway through the day. But we have definitely like foods we specifically eat. Um, last year was the first year I was not home for Christmas because of COVID. And I'm sure there's lots of listeners who have that same experience maybe you're also experiencing that right now maybe your family has made the decision not to meet together and so i think the holidays can be a little bittersweet and maybe your traditions have evolved um ours definitely have because andrew has moved with me back home so Mm -hmm. i'm not sleeping in a bunk bed whispering to my sister in the morning (laughs) this christmas eve but uh we're gonna cover hopefully lots of different facets of the holidays and no matter what you celebrate Most likely, you're going to find something in here that applies to you. So, hopefully, this is a good list and you can find at least one thing on it that you can do. So, stick around. We're going to talk about holiday traditions and how to make them more sustainable. And we are back with the main portion of the episode. Sarah, you have helped me construct a pretty good outline here. Do you mind if we bounce around a little bit in this outline?
0: Let's do it.
1: Let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, Because my first thing on the list is inexplicably candles. Like candles (laughs) is just such a random. I will say in the original outline it was holiday cards, and then we had talked about it last week. But I see that you have holiday cards on it. But I figured let's talk about decorations. In general. Sure. Combine some of those points there. Yeah. Okay. Um, you you mentioned going to like a candlelight ceremony mm-hmm. for Christmas Eve. Um, but also folks who celebrate Hanukkah, candles yes. are an extremely important part of that holiday or Advent candles. Mm-hmm. That was like my favorite thing leading up to Christmas when we yeah. would go to church is the Advent lighting of the Advent candles and we'd sing a special song for it. And yep. it was just like I'm like that song rules
0: <laughs> all i remember we did that too at church and my mom does actually light advent calendars now we it's not something i remember doing regularly as as i was growing up but my mom has an advent Wreath thing with candles that she lights. It's really pretty. Lovely. I just remember they would have a kid come up and like read a thing yes. for Advent every week, and all I remember is Advent means coming. <laughs> 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 Anytime somebody talks about Advent, I just hear Advent means coming, and then there was the whole like spiel, obviously that came after. But oh boy, <laughs> that's what sticks in my brain for some reason. So yes, candles,
1: candles. So <laughs> you burn candles throughout the year. Um, okay, I have like I have said many times, worked at a retail establishment my entire life Um, since I was six years old. And we sold lots and lots of like Yankee candles and Mm -hmm. and all sorts of candles. I did not know until about a year ago that candles are largely made by byproducts of fossil fuels. Did you know this, Sarah?
0: I probably have heard this at least bits and pieces, but I will say that I had not thought about really the environmental impacts of candles until I opened up this outline and saw that this was the first thing on your list. And I was like, huh, that's not one that would have crossed my mind ever. So
1: yeah. And, and in the grand scheme of things, this is a very tiny thing and I'm not about to ruin all candles for you because there's some (laughs) other options out there, but it, it is something that I hadn't thought about. Um, is that a lot of like, just candles you buy from the grocery store are made out of i think it's called paraffin wax which is a mm. byproduct of like the gasoline production process so when you burn them and you know that like there's soot that comes up like there is also of course a carbon release that comes with that and it is associated with burning of fossil fuels um now i did do research cuz i was like okay how bad are candles <laughs> do i need to be worried about the candles in my life and um burning candles releases less CO2 than burning a, or le- turning on an incandescent light bulb mm. for the same amount of time. So we're not talking about a crazy drastic amount. yeah. drastic. I believe if you are like in California for example, where more of your energy is coming from renewable resources and you are turning on an LED light, like candles do produce more CO2 than that led light bulb but we're talking about very minuscule amounts here that being said there are other alternative options that are not just uh that paraffin wax we also have options that are beeswax and soy candles so the reason soy would be arguably a little better is that that carbon dioxide is basically recently trapped um, from the atmosphere rather than The fossil fuels, as we talk about with climate change, fossil fuels are taken out of underground and released into the atmosphere in a way that's much faster than they would naturally, whereas with, uh, with soy, this is basically still circulating within the system, Uh, I did see one website. When I was doing uh, like, Hey, are there any things you can green up Hanukkah with that also suggested using palm oil candles? Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Just because uh, because a crop isn't fossil fuels doesn't mean it doesn't have its own issues. And we are eventually going to do some episodes on palm oil, but I'm just going to put it out there that if you have the option to buy buy candles made out of palm oil, do not do that. (laughs) Um, They've got some pretty big deforestation implications. And so if you you want to green it up a little bit using beeswax or soy candles as alternatives but candles is not like the end-all be-all of uh of issues with decorations yeah
0: i feel like this is a like don't stress about it issue this is more just an SYI for your own personal this is one of those things where this is more just kind of a life choice like hey you know i don't feel good about using something that's a byproduct of gasoline production even though it, so it's not a it's not a decision you would make because of how huge the impact is. It's more of a personal choice. I right. choose not to support this kind of thing, if that makes
1: sense. Right, and I have yeah. alternatives that fall still within that tradition that uh, that helps me still celebrate in the way that I always have, but I'm able to green it just a little bit to yeah. to help uh, refine that. But I know you have a section here also on other decorations. So what are what are some options that people have to green up their decorations for the holidays? Yeah,
0: I I think for me, I mean, I I enjoy decorating. I think holiday decorating is really fun, and I think it is an important tradition for a lot of people. I would just say to be thoughtful about the decorations that you're getting and where you're getting them from. I put on here to avoid disposable decorations, and in my head, I'm thinking about this is more maybe if you're having a gathering and you want to get like a festive tablecloth or something like that. They make all of these sort of one-time-use you know, here's this fun holiday decorated table tablecloth, let's throw it away, you, you know, things like that. So be thoughtful about things like those tablecloths and streamers and glitter and tinsel for your tree, you know, these things that are all the single use. Tinsel's decor. plastic. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what a lot of this boils down to is these are basically fancier single use plastics in a lot Mm -hmm. of cases. So just because it's not like a plastic cup doesn't mean that it isn't having basically the similar lifespan. If you've got that like very thin plastic tablecloth or that sort of decoration that's not meant to last outdoors but you decided to put outdoors anyway that those can have those implications the same as single use plastics in other contexts.
0: Yeah. So just like with anything else that we talk about, think about longevity as you're shopping for your decorations, even though these aren't going to be up year round. Think about things that you're going to really be able to keep in store and take care of and enjoy putting out for years to come. You can also check out things like thrift stores or online marketplaces. I've recently learned about these groups on Facebook. that are called Buy Nothing. Groups. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know this was a thing, it's but great. I just searched for buy nothing groups in the city that I'm uh, moving to. And so that's a not like they literally, you, it's just all free stuff that people will just post and you can claim. So you can check out things like that to get uh, decorations that, uh, that need a home or you can DIY your own
1: Mm -hmm. decorations
0: as well. If you have a family, if you've got kids, this can be a fun, you know, maybe that can be a fun tradition for you is to go out and get some pine cones or branches or whatever you have uh, to create your your own holiday decor pieces. Um, And then we've talked about led lights and things like that i think we talked a little bit about it on our green christmas tree episode Mm -hmm. too, just a little bit but led lights use a lot less energy according to energy.gov they can use up to about 75 percent less energy than incandescent lights um, and they last much much longer as well they generate less heat i'm one of those people that wants to leave my (laughs) Christmas lights on all the time when they're up and leave them up as long as possible. And I remember when I was younger, And before LED lights were as common, I used to always like go and feel the lights and feel how hot they were getting and be (laughs) like, is my tree going to catch on fire? Uh, Because I worry about everything. (laughs) Uh, Your LED lights aren't going to be as hot. They're going to be less of a hazard that way as well. There's no reason. There's no reason anymore, I think, not to buy uh, LED lights if you're looking for holiday decorations.
1: I am smelling a commercial for the LED industry where there's someone by their Christmas tree being like, is it hot? Is it hot? <laughs> and they're like lights that never get hot, Christmas trees, <laughs> Christmas trees that never spontaneously combust. LED light bulbs. Perfect. You know, yeah, they're they're great and they're not expensive. Like they're they're great. Uh, two things I would add to this is um if you go and listen to our green Christmas tree episode, everything that you can apply to your green Christmas tree, like basically the fresh versus artificial debate, you can also apply to decorations because there's garlands mm, and ropings and swags and wreaths and all of that same deal um, generally fresh cuts going to have less of an impact now if you buy it with a bunch of plastic stuff wrapped into it then you have to think about the the longevity of those items if you know that you're going to reuse it year after year maybe that's the way to go the other thing is as i was decorating our christmas gift shop and we we got our boxes out with Items from last year, just like we, we also had an episode about sustainable fashion and how things are very trendy over time. And if yeah. you look at something and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be wearing that five years from now, maybe you shouldn't invest in that. I was surprised to find that Christmas is the same way. For example, gnomes huge this year. I do not get it. There are some people who are big into gnomes and there's lots of gnome Christmas items yes. out there. But if you are like, oh yeah, they're kind of cute, but like, aren't like, I'm committed to gnomes (laughs) for the next five to 10 years. Maybe think about something that you think is going to have more of a longevity. Yes. You're not going to be embarrassed if your neighbors see that you have a gnome on your your uh, porch, not because you should be embarrassed, but because the root of your purchase was love rather than keeping up with the Joneses yes. or falling into those marketing traps. So um, Christmas is just as trendy as other things too. And I was kind of surprised by that, but it is, it, it's out there. Yeah.
0: Can we jump up to advent calendars? I see you have yeah. that on there, and I feel like that kind of falls with decorations. Yeah. So we did. This was a tradition for us as well. We we did do advent calendars when I was younger growing up, but I remember we had one that was reusable. It was yeah. a little house thing. Like, I mean. I, I don't know how reusable it was supposed to be, but we definitely reused it. And it was just the doors that you opened and closed. So I know now it's all the rage. Like there, there are these at box advent calendars with everything. Like I've seen dog treats and socks, alcohol, and yes. <laughs> you know whatever else that have these things that you open and, and like makeup and stuff like that. That you get something. No, we just had there. There was doors that you opened up. And I think it was just pictures. I think there was just a picture of something oh. holiday-esque inside each one. And that was what we had. And now my mom has another one that is, it's like a wall hanging with little yes. pockets for each day. So you could put like a piece of candy or whatever you wanted in there for, for each day.
1: Uh, we I don't remember really doing them a lot when I grew, was growing up, but my mom got one at Aldi's this year for like myself and my sister. And, um, and I really like it cause, um, they have chocolates in them. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, there's nothing like thinking, wait a sec, <laughs> I have a piece of chocolate for today. And at my dad's store, we also have a similar thing where, um, we have the dis- more disposable ones. Mm-hmm. And then we also have ones like that wall hanging you were talking about with little pockets. And I was like, wow, if I had my own home, <laughs> I would love to do that because you could hide whatever you want in those Mm -hmm. little pockets. You could even just use like a little marker to show, you know, if you have, if someone who has a Christmas countdown works basically the same way, you can move that marker, each different thing. So, um, yeah, if holiday advent calendars are in like your traditions, I say go for a reusable one. They are super cool. And when you are, if you're someone who does candies for it, Um, which I think is pretty common, like chocolates when you're looking at chocolates, look for ones that I talked about before we don't like palm oil here, (laughs) um, that are palm oil free. Uh, you can also look for ones that have a certification through the round table for sustainable palm oil, but it's sometimes easiest just to look for something that doesn't have it. And then you don't have to worry if it's sustainable or not, or that is certified by the rainforest Alliance because they do a lot of chocolate and coffee and things like that. So it's easy. It's a little frog that you're looking for on the packaging. And that tells you that it was, uh, it meets certain standards for sustainability. And I think that's nice because you can sort of, Pick and choose what you want to actually fill that advent calendar with and make sure that what's in it also aligns with your sustainable outlook. If you want to get creative and do makeup or things like that, uh, there are just as many options and range of sustainability out there. So um, just do a little research on what you decide to pop in there.
0: Yeah, but I would yeah think about getting one that's reusable rather than just buying these boxes. Or if you buy one of the boxes, keep the box and reuse it. Right. There are ones that are like little
1: drawers and things like that. But yeah, like the one my mom got me is very very cute. But I don't think I can. It's not going to store very well, and it has like molded chocolates in a a plastic lining. I'm very grateful for this gift. Advent candle uh, calendars were not like a big part of our traditions. Uh, growing up, but it made me think definitely if I wanted to continue with the tradition, how to best approach it for the future. So I think probably one of the things that is most commonplace across whatever you're celebrating this time of year is this is generally an opportunity to gather with family members or at least try and connect with them, right? Absolutely. So let's start the next one is cards, because this is the way we would connect with family members that Maybe not are with us, but we can be more and less green with it.
0: Yeah. And I, this was actually another, I didn't mention this at the top of the show, but this was another family tradition that we had at least for several years when I was younger, where we would send out a family Christmas letter, basically. Yeah. So we would send, I don't, do people do this anymore? I don't feel like people send the letter.
1: Typically. No, I don't think, but I remember the year after I graduated from college, my friend, Laura sent us all like a letter of yeah. what she was doing that yeah. year. And I was like, well, this is lovely. Cause I have Laura's not on social media. I have not kept right. up with her. So yeah,
0: I actually, know. I think it's a great tradition. And it, as I was thinking about this in preparation for this episode, I was like, man, I'll, I kind of want to bring that back, even though my letter would be super boring because I don't do anything. but I don't know what you're
1: talking about. Parents, you moved many states
0: well, away. <laughs> my parents did a really, not, like, I think we did a, a few years where it was more of a standard letter and here's what each member of the family was up to. And then they started doing like, I remember we did a crossword puzzle one year where oh. I think it was my dad. I can't remember for sure, but he would like create a crossword puzzle. So it would be like, he would have a list of clues. It would be like, Sarah is in her, you know, fourth year of marching band. What instrument does she play? And then the reader would have to, you know, figure out the answers. You know, Ben won a state championship in what sport this year? And, you know, so they would stuff like that. I, those were wow. just random. I have no idea, but things like that. So they would be these little puzzles related to what we did. Anyway, I think it wow. is a really hardcore way to connect. <laughs> um, and so if that is something that you do or want to do, there are little things that you can do to to make this a more sustainable tradition. We talked a little bit about this actually at the end of our reindeer episode, if you haven't heard that. But if you are going to actually be sending cards or letters, just think about where those paper products are coming from. So you can look for either uh, paper products that are made from recycled materials for, or you can look for things that are certified sustainable. We've talked about Forest Stewardship Council multiple times on this podcast. So just looking for that kind of seal, that FSC logo on the paper products that you're buying to make sure that what you're getting is as green as possible.
1: Yeah, no no guilt on sending holiday cards. Mm -hmm. It's just, there are more and less sustainable options. So if you're looking for one um, that is more sustainable, having one that you know either can be recycled can be reused in some sort of way so i've mentioned my family our tradition is we've used the front of those beautifully artfully decorated christmas cards to uh to make tags out of for our christmas gifts that we reuse year after year um last year i hand painted christmas cards for and people and so i i was very proud of them with my watercolors but my mom put them up on the wall with her Santas this year. So yeah. if, you know, they can be reused year after year, that's just an, another nice element to
0: it. I still have mine. Um, oh. You can also go the e-card route, either sending mm-hmm. like electronic g- greeting cards or, you know, just sending emails instead of sending that um, that printed letter. You can just send a, send a holiday email, which I don't know that anybody has ever done. Like I've never received something like that, but I feel like that would be kind of fun.
1: I have received Do you remember those those op- items where like they would you would take pictures of like your faces and yes. then they would have like the, little those dancing those characters yeah. and put your face on them we've, yeah, I've definitely yeah, received that one. have gotten
0: those too. i I'm just thinking though, like a straight, you know, the, to bring back those letters, like actually yeah. sending those letters, you could do that in email form. There's no reason why you couldn't. That's kind of interesting. I feel like the tradition more these days has become sending those photo cards. Yes. So I'll get a lot of just photo cards, people sending a picture with their family and it might have it might have just a little greeting on it or just a quick paragraph about what has, has gone on in their lives that year. Uh, and those are lovely. Like I love, you know, I have a lot of friends with kids and I love seeing those photos. But those photo cards, if they're actually printed on photo paper, those cannot be recycled. Um, and this was actually something our friend Kristen mentioned back several weeks ago when I put out the call for um, eco-friendly Holiday tips, just generally. This was something that she mentioned. So you can still print photos, just make sure you're printing them on cardstock instead of photo paper. And yeah, it's not going to have that same sort of glossy finish, but it is a little more sustainable, a little more eco friendly. Uh, Those can be recycled. So just something to be aware of. And I would personally prefer because after the holidays are over, you know, I have all these things like sitting out on my mantle or whatever. But then after the holidays are over, it's not like I'm going to frame my right card with happy holidays, you know, uh, you know, and hang that picture of your family on my wall. So just send me a a paper card and a separate photo. And then I can actually display that photo year round would be my thought.
1: You're also getting to the heart of like what is important at Mm -hmm. the root of what this tradition is? Like, why do we do it? Do we just do it because this is what we've always done? Mm -hmm. Or like, what is the feeling behind it? So if you feel like printing things out and going to the post office is all part of the, like, this is the labor of love I am doing to give this gift to a family member or a friend, then, then, hey, keep doing that. But is the the point behind it to have the shiniest Christmas card, or is it just to show someone you're thinking of them and wish them a happy holidays that seems to be able to be done either through any card or on something that's maybe recyclable at the end of the holiday season, because yeah, no offense to everybody, but we receive lots of holiday cards. And can you imagine someone's house if they were just like, this is what I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> this is little Timmy from across the street. He grew up yeah. through the photos. So so yeah, there's the different traditions and and what, what's at the root of it. So thinking critically about what's important to you. Okay. So cards for maybe people that we see, maybe we don't see, um, but a lot of us will end up gathering for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is probably other than maybe the, the purchasing and the decoration part of it, maybe where some of the most opportunity for growth and sustainability is. Would you agree, Sarah?
0: Absolutely. I feel like we have a few categories on our outline here that I was struggling to differentiate yeah. where they fall because they all sort of tie into that aspect of gathering together.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's start first, start with getting there. Uh, again, I'm not going to be a grinch about this. If you're going to see family, that's to me like a extremely worthwhile yeah. <laughs> use of your carbon footprint, go see family, go see friends, have a good holiday. This is important. There is no guilt to it. Uh, if you're someone who wants to green it up, you've got a little extra cash. There are places where you can basically pay a fee to offset the carbon footprint of your travel. Um, so I know that there's some airlines that offer this, but a lot of times you can go to kind of independent websites and basically it's the equivalent of like, Oh, we planted a tree or, you know, helped protect this patch of forest. At some point we're going to go into carbon offsets because they're interesting mm-hmm. and, and occasionally sketchy, but this would be an option for you to, uh, to look at if you're worried about like, Oh, I have to fly. Cause I live so far away. And I, I wish I didn't have to do that. This is a way to help.
0: Yeah. And you can also think about other little things again, if you have the money and the ability, just even little things like looking at a nonstop flight instead of one with a layover. We talk a little bit about this stuff in our greening your vacation episode as well and we probably will do more and more on (laughs) travel and transportation and all that stuff too. But, um, but yeah, just little things to think about. I agree though, Casey, this is a special time of year and it's important to get together with family. So get there, get there. Yeah.
1: I don't know, rent a hybrid car. You know, I don't know how you're traveling, yeah. but there's there's options there. You can think a little bit about huh, how am I transporting myself and and can we carpool with family members? Right. And again, COVID's out there, so this may impact some of those decisions. You may decide not to carpool with family members to an outdoor location, and that's okay. That's there's lots of factors out there. When you're actually spending time together, because sometimes my family's from out of town, like we'll spend several days together. And I know that sometimes Uh, finding something that pleases someone from all age groups or walks of life and preferences can kind of vary, but try spending some time outside. That's something that can please everybody uh, to some degree. There's something out there for everyone.
0: Yeah. this is another sort of area that I hadn't really thought about. So I'm glad that you brought this up again. Especially, I feel like if you have families that are gathering and you've got kids that going to be looking for things to do this is a fun one you know you you put some things on here casey just you know looking at local parks, going for a bird watch, which a lot of times there are bird watching events that happen around the holidays too. So you could get into that. Geocaching is a fun thing. Have you ever done geocaching Casey? Yeah. Where you go, you can go and look for little, little caches. It's like a little treasure hunt that you can do, but it gets you outside and, and walking around too. So all kinds of outdoor activities you could do as a family.
1: Yeah. Like take a look, if you've got a local park, you really like a a local nature center, they may have events during the daytime or during the nighttime, there might be stargazing in your area. There may be, you know, I know this year there was like a Christmas comet coming by. Like those are opportunities to get outside and see things, um, inspire love of nature and, and have conversations about how this is meaningful to you, maybe with other family members who feel the same. And Hey, let, let's be honest. When we gather with family, that's sometimes the time that you're gathering with people who you don't agree with on a lot of things. <laughs> but if you can, you know, share that love together, it, it can be a good opportunity to, to bond and have make some memories on something that generally for most people have a positive feeling about. Um, and if you're going for a walk together, like out in a park or anything, somebody's brought their dogs, you, you want to get some exercise out there, bring a bag with you for any litter that you come by and basically you're making it a a little park cleanup, a little stream cleanup, and that's just going to have an extra impact of saving wildlife and model really good behavior for kids in your group. So they are looking at your behavior and how you are are treating wildlife. And so if you are keeping that in mind, that might inspire some conservation action that's very accessible for little
0: kids. I'm going to jump around a little bit here too, because one of the big things with my the, our extended family gathering is we we would have gifts that were given everybody didn't give everybody gifts there are too many of us for that but certainly like the younger cousins would get lots of gifts and everybody would have a stocking and and all that kind of stuff and as we've all gotten older it's sort of evolved into a couple of, of different types of things and so like the, the last year that we were able to to do it that I was able to go we did a a game where there, there were just little gifts, kind of distributed through the course of this game. It was fun, but but that sort of gift giving activity was still an important part of our family gathering. So we talk about green gifts. We have an episode on that so you, that you can listen to. But I did want to mention this sort of idea of if you do some type of gift activity in a big gathering like that, you might think about something like making it a white elephant gift exchange instead. And I've even done this with groups before where rather than go out and buy something new, the rule is that you cannot spend any money. So you have to bring something that you already own. And usually it's a lot of fun and you'll have some people that come with really nice gifts they just have something sitting around their house that they don't want anymore that that they're going to give away that you know one man's trash is another man's treasure man's treasure type of thing but then you get some ridiculous gifts as well (laughs) where people have clearly like pulled something out of a box that's been under their bed for 10 years. That's completely random and often very funny. Um, so think about that for your gatherings to to reduce that um, that gift waste that can tend to build up over the holidays too.
1: Absolutely. that's a, That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, not feeling the pressure also to mm-hmm. purchase items for people who you may not know exactly what they like. And so you're in that kind of like, throwing darts at a dartboard, maybe hit or miss and make it more of an activity too. I like that a lot. So, okay. You're all together. You're hanging out. You've hopefully gone for a walk, spent some time outside. You might have to bundle up if you're from where I'm from, or you're (laughs) in shorts, if you're where Sarah is, (laughs) Um, but uh, most likely at some point during that, you're going to have to feed yourselves and, uh, and food can be a really big element as far as as opportunities again for growth in sustainability there. So Sarah, did you have like a normal meal that you guys would eat like a tradition?
0: Or yes. And for the extended family, again, that's changes. Everybody has gotten older, but for the extended family, we would have like multiple main courses. We're oh, nice. par- partially Italian. And so there was always some sort of pasta dish, but there was usually like a, pasta and then a couple of different meat dishes as well like the for options for the main course yeah we had a ton of food at at the big family gatherings um for my immediate family when I was younger I think we used to have a turkey dinner and then as we got older it changed to we would do a roast we would have a like a beef roast
1: and my family for Christmas Eve. I, my thought is that we did pork tenderloin for a really long mm. time as like the central dish. And then my sister, cause it was her birthday. always got to pick, um, uh, an option for what was for dinner for Christmas. And we always had like steak and obviously these two options are extremely meat heavy options as the central. And, and honestly, like that's how my family mostly thought about feeding is like the meat is the main portion. And then you put sides that are vegetables and starches. Mm -hmm. Um, but my cousin Kelsey several years ago, um, decided to become a vegetarian and all of a sudden it, you know, pork tenderloin doesn't make quite as much sense. And definitely pushed a little bit more when my sister also became a vegetarian and I've become much more conscious about eating less meat. Um, so we have switched our holiday meal over to a lasagna and I'm telling you, lasagna is a crowd pleaser. Um, just like Mac and cheese is a crowd pleaser. Often Mac and cheese is treated as like the side though lasagna you can throw veggies in if you want you can throw mushrooms in you can throw meat in there but it is extremely viable without meat so we have been able to find a meal that's not like but what are we going to make kelsey or what are we going to make megan or well this is the meat one and this is the non-meat one we all just eat non-meat lasagna and we have a salad and garlic bread and it's filling and satisfying and honestly you don't to me, notice any absence of anything, it is just as good a meal as I think about for what we had when I was a kid. So if you're someone who has some sort of say in what we're having for, for food, um, if you're not already a vegetarian yourself or a vegan, but you have some sort of say, you can always suggest something that's an alternative to having meat as a central dish, because as we talked about before, meat has the highest carbon footprint and has lots of other environmental issues that go along with it. So plant-based meals are the way to go.
0: It's so funny, like sitting here, like I know this and yet I do have a really hard time. And this is not something that I do when I'm by myself. I usually don't make myself a special dinner at all. What I'll do, I I make pancakes. If I happen to be off on the Mm. holiday, I have pancakes for breakfast. Um, so that's my tradition. I, I won't make a special meal typically, but I do feel like right now, if I went home for Christmas and we didn't have that roast i would be really sad you'd about. be
1: disappointed <laughs> yeah
0: i mean like that's definitely uh,
1: an emotional component yeah. for sure
0: and I, the the reason i say this on the on the, the podcast is just to again reemphasize that we understand that and yes so uh, this is it's probably something that i will continue to work on i in my daily life i've definitely worked on cutting down on the meat and in particular the beef that i eat And it is okay if you're still feeling like, I really need to hold on to my roast for Christmas day. Like, and we're not, you know, we're not going to come after you with that, right? but you know, it's something that you can consider. You
1: can consider it. I mean, like, Hey, the first time my sister was like, we're not having steak for Christmas. I was like, I never eat steak except Christmas Mm -hmm. though. So but I mean, my mom's an excellent cook, so she's able to make just about anything taste good. I I guess the point here is for a lot of you, this might be the biggest meal you're preparing for the year. And so if you've got some sort of sway in there, this might be a good opportunity for people who, who think the only meal is a meat-based meal to look at other options that are just as filling and good, but it's not just about meat, right? Like it's not just about the inputs into it, we also have to think about food waste. Yes. So Sarah, how can we cut down on some food waste uh, when we're planning meals for the holidays?
0: This is a tough one. As you know, this is a hard thing just for me in my own daily life. I know when we did our episodes on food waste, you talked about like the sort of meal planning sites and like you have some food calculators on here. Save the food.org, I think is one that you had mentioned before too. Yep. Um. So using something like that can maybe help you plan and prepare. And then I think the big thing too is leftovers. And I have hosted a couple of work Christmas parties over the years. And this this was maybe the toughest thing. So if you are having a, like a big old gathering, make people take stuff home with them. I think it's yes. a big one. Have you know have it figured out. Uh, encourage people to take things with them. If people bring things, encourage them to take their, their leftovers home with them. Otherwise, just kind of have the storage options. Just really try not to toss your food. Try to have some sort of storage option for your leftovers. I wish it were easier to give things like that away but with food safety and and all of that you're not really going to be able to find a place to donate your leftovers so encourage folks to take it home with them store it if you can if worse comes to worse and you can't store it we've talked about composting on the podcast before too so comp- composting that whatever food scraps you have is probably your next best option
1: yeah. For leftovers. Like I know personally, I'm more likely to eat leftovers if they are stored in individual meal containers, mm-hmm. rather than having to like, here's my mistake I made for Thanksgiving. I was in charge of the potatoes, made the potatoes, got sent home with all the extra potatoes. Cause I ate too, made too much of them. They sat in the fridge in like a giant insert of a crock pot mm-hmm. and they did not age particularly well. And I, because it was such an ordeal to take it out, just knowing my innate laziness, a lot of those potatoes got thrown out. Oh. So whether it means, Hey, if you're hosting saying, Hey, bring some Tupperware with you. Cause then you don't have to worry about tracking down mm-hmm. your own Tupperware, right? Bring some Tupperware with you. Um, so that you can take some of this stuff home. If you're just visiting someone else's house and you know, your mom's about to throw some, some potatoes and some leftovers your way, bring your own, bring your glass containers and things like that. That way, uh, you are showing again, that there are sustainable options for things. Um, and you don't have to worry about returning so-and-so's plastic silverware or plastic, uh, containers and things like that. Um, and yeah, composting, uh, any basically plant items can be composted. And that also goes for when you're prepping the meal. So if it's like part of your tradition to all cook the meal together and, Someone's chopping asparagus and you're breaking off the the hard bits off of it. Like have that compost bin ready for them so that you can just be like, hey, these don't have to go in the trash; they'll go right here. Um, So those are some ways to cut down on some food waste that's a, um, in there. But yeah, if, especially if you're like, oh, I was planning Christmas for five people, but then so and so's bringing their girlfriend and so and so's uh, friend didn't have a place, so they're all at my house. Like quickly, you can get overwhelmed by trying to make decisions on how to feed people, but there are resources out there. Sarah, do you get, would you guys like eat at the same place every year? Or did you kind of switch around where you were eating?
0: For like our big family gathering, Mm -hmm. we had a couple of people that would hope like it, it would rotate. I feel like for most of my childhood between like maybe three places. Um, different relatives would host. So some, we we did it a, a few times. And then I had a couple different aunts and uncles that would host sometimes as well.
1: We, when I was a kid, would always come to my mom, mom and pop-ups house for like most family meals. And one of the things I was thinking about actually visiting my mom is that she was talking about how she doesn't have enough like glassware basically to host a big party. And so a lot of times you end up with a lot of disposable silverware and plastic cups and paper plates and things like that. So I was thinking like, how could you solve this issue? Especially with grandparents when you're like, I don't know what to get you. You have everything that you want. (laughs) Like, I'm not sure that they can be hard to shop for. So maybe if they're the ones who host Christmas every year, find them. A, a set of silverware that is able to accommodate the whole family or enough glasses that match you know so it's like a nice gift but also one that can practically be used and then we talked about in your gift giving episode about like giving little coupons to family members when you're a kid that's like good for one clean the floors yeah good for, I'll do the dishes like hey say I I will do the dishes because that's the nice thing about disposable stuff is you just throw it out. So you can start making a tradition that like, I don't know, whoever pulls the wishbone and gets the short end has to do the dishes (laughs) or whatever you want to do. Um, you're not trying to make it harder on family members. You're just trying to add options in there that, um, can be more sustainable. And that means reusing things and washing them.
0: Yeah, I love it. I'd never thought about that. And this was again, when I did host the the work parties for those couple of years, this was the biggest thing. And I mean, I was, we were working in the conservation education field at the time. And so we all knew we all, you know, none of us, but I was like, I just don't, I have four sets of Right. Because, you know, when I have Four 30 people my house, coming yes. over, so I, I can't do it. And, you know, you hear about like, oh, ask people to bring, you can't really ask people to come with their own plate and glass and silverware set. I mean, you could. It, gets,
1: it does it, get sketchy much quicker than you might. Like, it, what happens when it's dirty? Right. How do you know whose is whose? Yep.
0: So there's a lot of complicating factors there that I understand are just not barriers that that we want to have to overcome. So yeah I think that that's a really cool idea is using that as a gift if you are going to the same place every year. I also think that I should have just been more willing to use what I had and to put my own dishes out there. I wouldn't have had enough for everybody that's true, but I definitely could have made a little dent in the amount of disposable things that we use for these parties. So don't be afraid to do that. Again, I think we just get so caught up in the everything has to match and it has to look pretty and we want it to all be festive. Like it's really fine. Like people are not going to remember <laughs> that sort of thing. They just want to get together and and have a good time and see each other and catch up. So use what you have, even if you don't have enough of the reusable items to cover everybody, you can still put it out there. If you are using the like disposable cups and things like that, it's a good idea to have, just put a Sharpie out or something like that so that folks can at least mark what is theirs. And so they don't have to set something down and forget which one is theirs. And then you have to throw it out and get a new one anyway. So at least try to minimize the amount of disposables that you're going through if you can.
1: Yeah, that's a, a great tip for basically any party to just keep a, an eye on what's yours and and not have to feel like it it just reduces the margin of error for having to to have multiple sets of these disposables, yeah. because as we talked about before, disposable silverware is not recyclable. Um, whereas like solo cups are. So right. there are other things that you can look at, like, hey, I'm not gonna get maybe I'll get the bamboo-based um silverware and Uh, the other things, maybe I will keep the same because that's what I can afford and they're recyclable, but I will try and take out the options that aren't. So just being a little bit more thoughtful about all aspects of that.
0: Yeah. I will throw on there something that we've talked about before too, is to just be aware of greenwashing when it comes to buying some of these things, because there are a lot of things out there that are marketed as compostable Mm -hmm. when it comes to plates and utensils that if you look at them, are not actually compostable at home. You have to have an industrial facility. In most places, you're not going to have access to that. So just... Make sure you do a little bit of research if you're buying something that you think is eco-friendly. Just take a look and make sure that it really is. And then Casey, I think you mentioned this earlier. I'm losing my mind. So just to say it here again, just in case. One of the struggles that I know I find when I go to gatherings too is knowing what to do with everything. So if you are using disposables or even if you have like pop cans, you know, that people are drinking out of or whatever, have clearly labeled, like have... Because again, I think people are like, oh, I have guests coming over. I need to hide my trash can and, you know, whatever else. No, like have your trash, have your recycling, have a compost, have things labeled so that people know where they can... Put stuff for easier cleaning
1: this also you just put another one in there soda for example buy it in the cans don't buy it in the Mm -hmm. bottles because chances are you're going to have like seven open bottles of soda that's going to be flat by the end of it because it's not something that you wanted to drink and they're in a plastic bottle whereas aluminum is much more likely to be recycled and is more able to be recycled. Yeah. yeah, More easily and more times. So that would be, yeah. One where you can just, Oh, soda's still here. It's just now in a can and you can pour it in your cup if you want to, or there you go. It's already in a container. You don't have to have a red solo cup to go with it. So yeah, lots of options out there. And I'm sure you guys listening will have other tips too. So you should definitely reach out if you have any and let us know. Sarah, is there anything I'm missing on here? We bounced around a little bit. We
0: bounced around, but I think that we hit everything on the list. I also have to take a quick aside to mention how much I appreciate our regional dialect.
1: (laughs) I refuse to assimilate.
0: (laughs) We both do, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, no, I think we've covered it all, but yeah, like you said, I'm sure sure folks have some more. And we we grew our own list just as we were talking. so I hope we can grow it even more um, with some feedback from folks who are listening.
1: Yeah, and the holidays are so personal and they are so, you know, specific to each family. So it's just about taking a step back and thinking, what's at the root of this tradition? why do I want to keep doing it? And how can I maybe adjust the parts that are the most wasteful to align with the goals that I have for the rest of the year? Just like when Sarah talked about on vacation, sometimes we let our brain take a vacation as far as um, what our values are. And it just means extending them through arguably one of the bigger gatherings that we're going to have over the course of the year, but also with people who are within our circle and who we can more easily impact and influence what their behavior choices are too when you can show them that certain parts are easily attainable or small adjustments can make a big difference. All of a sudden you might see that replicated over at a different birthday party or next year for the holidays when someone else hosts. So it's just a really big opportunity for you to uh, move just a step forward and being a little bit more greener.
0: Awesome. Thanks for the discussion, Casey. Stick around and we'll wrap things up in just a minute.
1: All right, we're back at the end of this episode. If you are a new listener, you may not know this because we didn't talk about it in the beginning, but basically at the end of every episode, we assign you a challenge to take what you've learned basically this episode and enact it in some way in your lives. And as we just talked about, the holidays are very specific and they are very uh, personal to each individual person. So similar to a challenge that Sarah had issued a couple of weeks ago, we just want to know, you know, what you're doing, tag us in a post, telling us what aspect of your holidays you're just making a little more sustainable, whether it's something that you have already done, you've always done, um, or if it's something that's a little bit new this year, whether it's spending time in nature, or if it is something that's a little bit more related to reducing waste, whether it's food or plastics, there's so many options out there. We want to know what you're doing um, and grow this little community. I want to apologize because I have taken the lead on social media and dropped the ball pretty hard the last couple of weeks. So, um, you haven't really been seeing as much what we're doing. I have loads of pictures on my phone being like, I have to go post, (laughs) these, but know that like, we see what you're doing Mm -hmm. when you tag us in them. And we so appreciate you guys just chugging along and, and enacting different parts of these green elements into your holidays and into all parts of your life.
0: Yeah, I love learning from y'all and seeing what your ideas are and picking up things that I can incorporate too. So looking forward to seeing how you are greening your holiday traditions this year or in future years. So so definitely give us a share. I will say so this episode is going to drop just a couple of days before christmas so if you're celebrating merry christmas happy holidays to all of you regardless Mm -hmm. of what you are celebrating this is Is our last episode of 2021 i was i was about to say it and then i was like is that really true so yeah this will be our last episode we are going to take next week off because God willing, I'm <laughs> moving into my permanent residence next week and may not have internet again for a little bit. And regardless, we'll have lots of things going on. So we're going to take that next week off, but we will be back in 2022 because we talked about traditions and gatherings though. So I'm real quick going to totally just take this moment to shout out to my family. I know both my immediate family, I know my parents listen. I know that some of my extended family does listen too, and I won't get to see you this year. And that is one of the worst things about moving further away. So just thanks for your support.
1: Miss you all. Love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks to everyone listening. Yeah. And uh, have a safe, holiday have a happy holiday celebrate in the ways that that brings you the most joy no matter what that is I'm hoping we'll be back in 2022 with maybe some good green resolutions and then I promise we're done with the holidays for a hot
0: second <laughs> I mean there's lots of holidays coming up at the beginning of the year though
1: oh no You're I don't I don't your know groundhog
0: day. <laughs> greening your ground <laughs> Oh, groundhogs. Let's yeah. talk about
1: groundhogs. Oh man. Now we're just going <laughs> to devolve into everything else. Hey, um, as the new year comes up, people are going to be trying to do new year's resolutions, looking for, um, ways to educate themselves on how to be a little bit more sustainable. Cause that's tends to be a new year's resolution. So, Hey, uh, if, if you like what you're listening to, give us a, a five-star rating, give us a review that helps us connect with more people and hopefully more eyeballs hit this in 2022. And we just have a bigger and bigger audience, but I think that's enough from us. Thank you all for a great inaugural year. And we will uh, talk to you in just a couple weeks.
0: Happy holidays.